Hey everyone, it's Taylor. Welcome to this week's episode of the Genesis Podcast. This week, I want to talk about rights and responsibilities, and my social studies teacher self is living for it. Um, in a more casual context, I'm meaning what we get to do versus what we need to do. This topic was one of my favorites to teach my students last year because it was something they could relate to. They understand that they have the right to free speech, but also the responsibility to use their words wisely because they aren't free from the consequences of their words. They have a right to education and a responsibility to give their best effort to their learning at the same time. They connected with this, and really, I did too. Have you ever noticed that when you're growing up, people tell you you can do that when you're older or you can make that choice for yourself when you're on your own? There's a huge focus on what you're allowed to do and when. And in my case, at least, I never really moved away from that focus. As I stepped out on my own and started figuring things out for myself, I found that what I was allowed to do versus what I had to do was so ingrained in me that I actually had a harder time making decisions for myself than other people around me seemed to. I actually remember once when I was 23, my friend and I were planning a weekend trip and part of me really believed that I couldn't go unless I asked my parents for permission. I believed I needed to run every decision I was considering by them and that if I disagreed, it was because I didn't understand something they did and I was wrong. This wasn't anything they told me, but I couldn't move past it for a really long time. Even up until last year, the idea of making a decision for myself and for my own life completely on my own without anyone else's input beforehand felt like a complete foreign concept. I had the understanding that I was supposed to be choosing for myself at this point, but putting that to action felt just totally wrong. COVID did a lot to help with that, honestly. Like I said before, the pandemic was really the first time I ever spent so much time on my own, sitting with my thoughts and convictions, figuring out what I believed and what I wanted for my life. When I graduated college, I left the church I had been a part of, not even thinking at that time that I was ready to deconstruct, but it sort of came on naturally, and I'm really glad that it did. I finally had to face the reality that I actually didn't believe most of what I had been taught, and I never could have been that honest about it while staying in the same place I was at at that time. But even as I began to accept that reality, I was terrified to admit it to anyone else. All of my family, everyone I got to know through college, my entire community, I really didn't know anyone who was in my life without religion as a part of that connection between us. And that said, how could I ever admit to anyone that I was questioning my faith? Questioning Christianity, questioning scripture, all of it. And speaking of questioning, this was the same point in time when I apparently had <laughs> to realize I was queer too. I mean, if deconstructing from a lifelong religious tradition wasn't hard enough to be vocal about, adding coming out as a lesbian to the table really put the nail in my metaphorical coffin. I mean, as far as my life decisions were concerned, I was essentially becoming what I thought at the time was like my parents' worst, worst nightmare.
I want to add here for absolute clarity that my parents never once told me that I had become their worst nightmare. Um, like most young adults contemplating whether to come out, I did worry how they would respond, but they were very loving when I told them, even with our differing beliefs. Um, we haven't talked too much in depth about my change in religious beliefs, but I don't feel like that's really necessary to talk about at this point either. So that's kind of just an unspoken thing on the table. Um, they know that I've been reconsidering some things, but the details of that kind of just stay in my back pocket. <laughs> um, anyway, that said, since making the decision to embrace deconstruction and the truth of my identity, it's become a lot easier to start making other choices as well. I realized that I can move to a new city for a new job, and that's completely my choice. I can choose the apartment I like the most and make a home the way that I want it to be. I can go on trips and let myself enjoy exciting experiences, and it's just up to me to decide, nobody else. The real test of how much I've grown in making decisions for myself, though, came when I began contemplating what I would do after the school year ended. I knew pretty confidently around November or December that I was coming to the end of my ability to be a teacher and still also be a healthy version of myself. It just wasn't working. Um, but with that on the table, I then had to figure out an alternative that I had never truly believed I would need, especially only two years into my career. Um, this was my childhood dream job. I spent five years in college fighting so hard to get here. And now I was ready, honestly, to get as far away from it as possible. And that's not really something I expected, you know. Um, but it's the reality of what was in front of me. And I decided to trust my body and my mind and accept that I needed to do this to take care of myself. And once I accepted that, the new question became, who am I if I'm not a teacher? It feels silly to admit that I had let teaching become my entire identity, but as I job searched, wrote my resignation letter, and packed up my classroom, I realized that I did exactly that. And now I didn't know what of my organic self was left. Even without being a teacher, I had spent over a decade working in childcare in you know, various different capacities. So doing anything outside of that you know, was totally daunting. But in my research of jobs for former teachers, which, by the way, is apparently a very popular search topic these days, unfortunately, um, I found that virtual assisting is becoming a more in-demand field, especially if you're willing to pick a specific niche like podcast management. There you go. Um, the idea of starting my own business was and honestly still is simultaneously nerve wracking and completely thrilling. Um, but after a lot of back and forth with myself, I decided to take the leap because, you know, something's got to come together and work out. So why not this? So all of that self-discovery and growth in the realm of what I can do or my rights, so to speak, it's all great just on its own. But something I realized over this last week is that there's something beyond getting to make your own decisions. 
I taught my students that they have the right to freedom of speech, but also the responsibility to use their words wisely because they're not free from the consequences of their words. And as I was thinking about all the new choices I've been making, it occurred to me that this same kind of connection applies here too. I have the choice of what I'm going to do and the kind of life I want to create for myself. But that's also a responsibility that I have to myself. I think we have such a negative idea of what responsibilities are as if it can only mean that you have to answer or owe something to someone of authority over you. And in reality, that's actually far from truth. Responsibility is defined as the state or fact of being accountable and the opportunity or ability to act independently and make decisions without authorization. Knowing this, <laughs> I realize that this new genesis in my life is reminding me of my responsibility, the opportunity and ability I have to be my own person and act independently and to make decisions by myself, for myself, period. And this responsibility isn't to anyone but myself. That's the real revolutionary concept for me. The only person I owe anything to at this point in my life is me. My work, my home, my experiences, my health, my mental well-being, my soul, my spirituality, my relationships. At the end of the day, I'm the one left to live, laugh, love in the reality I'm making. And anyone else's liking or happiness with me and my choices truly isn't relevant. And I don't mean that in a rude, condescending, what you think doesn't matter kind of way at all. I'm just saying at the end of it. The only person doing life with me from start to finish, worst comes to worst, is me. I'm the one responsible for my happiness and contentment with life, for taking care of myself physically and mentally, and for creating a life that I'm proud of. Just me. My parents don't owe me that. My friends don't owe me that. The people I work for don't owe me that. No one. I get one chance, and the longer I spend waiting for someone else to do the work, the more time I waste. And Steph, if you're listening, yes, I did really, really want to say here, do the step in. <laughs> this whole episode is about rights and responsibilities. And what I've been trying to connect up until now is that the two really have to go together for a healthy life to exist. Politically, yes, but also personally. And that's what I'm focused on. For example, I have a right to say that I'm a queer woman. I have a right to celebrate that being a huge part of my life and to be transparent about the part that plays in my life. But I've also realized that it's not just something I can do, but something I need to do for myself. One of the hardest parts of coming out openly has been people saying, that's fine, just don't shove it in my face. And I don't believe in that, but it's your choice. I've been so discouraged hearing these same phrases over and over to the point it seemed as though simply existing was beginning to shove it in people's faces. But here's the thing. I'm proud of myself and this aspect of my life, and I'm proud of the courage I've found to be honest about it. I know that despite what anyone wants to say, my love should be celebrated, not just tolerated. And whether anyone else wants to believe that with me or not is their right and responsibility to decide. But I'm not going to let that influence whether or not I accept and love and celebrate that part of myself. 
So you can catch me out here during Pride Month showing that I am proud of the love I have to give to the world. Not because I need anyone else to agree, support, or love this part of me, but because I do. One of my favorite singers, Carrie Fletcher, though her stage name is just Fletcher, um, has a song on her most recent album called For Carrie. I really encourage you all to listen to it. I'm a huge fan. I listen to it often. Um, but one of my favorite lines of the entire song says, I've pleased everybody, so this one's for me. That single line has impacted me so much since the first time I heard it, and especially so in the last few months. I've spent almost my entire life being, by definition, a people pleaser. It never used to matter how much it cost. All I cared about was having the approval of the people around me, even if they were complete strangers. If I knew someone had even a minuscule problem with me, it would have kept me awake for weeks. But as I'm entering this new era for myself, all I really want to focus on is how I feel about me. I want to make decisions and take action in ways that will actually benefit and impact me positively. And I want to do so without anyone else's opinion swaying my own. I want to figure out what I believe and what I care about and let that be my guiding force rather than the perspectives of people who only know bits and pieces of me. I want to rediscover myself and really get to know who I've become so I know who I want to be in a year or even 50 years from now. I've heard a lot of people online lately asking, if you were standing in front of 10-year-old you, would they be happy about who you've become? And honestly, I don't know if 10-year-old me would be happy. I'm not an astronaut president. I didn't go to Harvard. I'm not a singer with a husband and seven kids at home. I'm not married to Zac Efron. I'm not a missionary in Africa. I'm not anything I ever hoped I would be. But I do like to think that I'm becoming so much more than little me ever aspired to. And I hope, really, I hope that if she could see the bigger picture, she would be happy. But since I can't know that, I'm just going to focus on my current and future self because I know that I can make her happy. Thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in both this week and last. Um, I'm having so much fun already bringing this show to life and the support you're giving is making me even more excited to keep developing it. Remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and share with any and everyone you know. And don't forget to tune in next Thursday for a new episode of the Genesis podcast. Ooh.